And we're back. The Marshan Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. A lot to get to, John. We got who's up, who's down. Come up in a moment. NFL moves. Apple, big MLB TV deal. Peacock also around the corner. Coach K on ESPN this weekend and their big decision, uh, ESPN, ESPN2, ACC, where should they show the game with the overlap uh, with an earlier game, NBA and Sinclair, and then Fanatics, and then we'll finish off with the call of the week. John, let's get right into it. Who's up and who's down? Who's up? Who's down? All right, let's get right into it. Why don't you start us off? Who do you have as up? Jason Gay and Peter King. Why? Everybody wants to cover sports media. Jason Gay with a very good column about the NFL media frenzy in the Wall Street Journal. And then Peter King stepping onto our turf. Uh, and he says that the Kirk Street deal is done with Amazon. I do think it's trending that way, which I had written um, a week earlier. I uh, don't know if it's fully done, but Peter King, legendary uh, NFL writer, a broadcaster, talk show host spot, always great spots with Peter King. They're all jumping in. So they're my who's up because they're getting in the game. And just by the way, I know most of the people listening get this. It's kind of a joke when I say that. <laughs> the point is, is that everyone has opinions on this stuff and that's why they chime in. Uh, and so uh, to me, I always find that interesting. All right, John, we're going to switch it up a little bit. You're going to start with who's down uh, first. I'm going to go who's down and I got to give it to Burke Magnus of ESPN. I'm sorry about this. He loves Burke. This is killing John. This is hurting John more than it's hurting Burke. <laughs> You're going to get all the stories now. I, I Well, you're giving up your sources. All right. ESPN had the most anticipated regular season college basketball game in how long? In decades. And it wasn't able to show the pregame show. It wasn't able to show the tip off on ESPN. My phone Maybe this is East Coast bias, but my phone was buzzing Saturday night from angry friends, not even people in the business, angry friends who just wanted to see the whole thing and didn't know where to go. There are lots of people that really wish that ESPN had devoted more time to that. Yeah, I, I kind of got some similar reactions. Someone called it the Heidi game uh, to me. I, and that was probably a little drastic because uh, they did get it on. It was on ACC Network. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. We'll go into a little bit more detail. You wrote a story about it in terms of the decision making and then look at the NCAA tournament. All right. Who's up for John Oran? Who's up? I'm giving it to Noah Garden, MLB's chief revenue officer. Andrew, we've both been writing about Apple getting into sports rights for how long now? I've been doing it for at least uh, 15 years. 50 I think. years you've been doing it for. It seems like the holy grail. We've both reported that Apple's been negotiating with the NFL for Sunday ticket, but Noah Garden, who's a baseball's chief revenue officer, he finally landed Apple's first sports rights deal, an exclusive Friday night doubleheader, even in the work stoppage. It's a good week for Noah Garden. Yeah, my who's down? Noah Garden. Well, <laughs> Not really. You, know, you made some good points for Garden for, for who's up, but really the fans. I mean, the baseball fans, uh, because first off, you can't see the games. Uh, you haven't been able to. We've been in a lockout. Hopefully, you know, as we're before this, you guys, you're listening to this. Maybe it ends, but uh, we've been in a lockout. Uh, so that's number one. So you can't see the games at all. Uh, number two is these games they don't really work in baseball. I mean, we, we've seen this on Twitter and Facebook, and it just gets uh, fans all upset. Um, and so 
you look at it, it's 50 games. So hundred teams involved. You have to figure um, one or two games per team. I think the bigger teams, they might not get as often because of uh, they're only allowed to be on national TV with the ESPN Sunday night window and the Fox windows a certain amount of times. And so I don't know if they'll get the Yankees and Red Sox that many times, maybe once. Um, those will go to the ESPN and Foxes. I've reported the that NBC and Peacock are also going to be involved in this. I expect that to be announced at some point soon. So I don't think that um, if, you, if you're a baseball fan, um, and let's just get into this topic. Let's just make this topic one. If you're a baseball fan, you're going to need uh, ESPN and cable, your regional sports network, uh, Apple, and you need Peacock. It just got more expensive to you. And they're in a lockout. It is. We're going to bemoan the people that wanted to get away from the cable bundle. Everything was so simple in the cable bundle. We were able to, to, to watch ESPN and the RSNs, and now they have to go outside the bundle. And that's why I think that from a business standpoint, I think that this is so unique because they're just trying to get cord cutters. They're trying to get cord nevers. And that's, that's who Apple TV uh, attracts. And so this is less about the hardcore fan who might not be able to watch one or two Friday night games. Uh, this is more about getting fans in there, watching the two Friday night games that, that are going to be exclusive to uh, Apple TV+. Plus. It's about uh, a look-in show nightly on, on weeknights where you, you, you get to get highlights and look in kind of like a red zone channel for, for, for MLB. It's about you know, MLB's highlights being part of Apple News that may or may not be uh, you know, uh, coming to your, to your phone. Uh, that you can more easily share. I mean, this is a way, everybody's been talking about baseball wanting to get younger. They make us a, a stride to get younger and everybody hates it because they can't watch it in, in the old fashioned way on the RSM. Yeah, like the Red Zone channel, it's like, I get it. That's a daily presence that has, I think that has zero impact. The Red Zone channel is called Twitter. Like I, every time something big happens, the highlights are on Twitter. Unless they shut that down, then I don't. And even if they did that, I don't think people would turn to Apple TV Plus. So to me, you know, that was the show DAZN did with Adnan Verk, which, um, as far as I can tell, nobody really watched. I'll do all respect to the people who put that on. That doesn't work. You watch your local team. Uh, that's how that works. And the other issue is baseball is not like football. Amazon does football. To me, that's a way better play on Thursday nights. You're gonna. Again, the numbers are probably going to be from people I talk to much less than what Fox gets on Thursday night. And, you know, right now when the, when the, when Amazon comes in next year, but still it's going to be appointment viewing. There's going to be gambling. Now the gambling aspect of it changes things a little bit, but still, if you're going to be able to gamble on baseball, you'll be able to gamble while you watch your regional sports network every night. So the problem for me for in this deal, and it's not, it's not Noah Garden, give him credit. This is the, this is the property he has to work with. Um, but baseball is just not, it's a tonnage sport. So these exclusive windows, I just think more annoy fans. I, I don't think, I'm not saying baseball shouldn't try to do these things. They should. I just don't know if they really work. I don't know if Apple is going to, if it's going to be like, well, I have to have Apple plus, um, because they have baseball. Now it is, it can be additive and these places do need, they need programming. You can't just have a Ted Lasso and then nothing else. They see people turn it off. Now you also give me a little baseball then maybe you keep your Apple plus TV subscription going a little bit longer uh, than canceling every time Ted Lasso comes on and off the air. You know how uh, I've always described uh, Thursday night football on Amazon, the worst package mm -hmm. out there. That's what this is. This is the worst package. Well, let's there. see what Peacock gets. But yeah, yeah. Well, that 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 that's going to be probably even even worse. It's not Sunday night baseball on ESPN. It's not Saturday afternoon or Saturday night baseball on Fox. There's no playoffs that are associated with this. But within the sports business, 
everybody has been waiting for Amazon, for Apple, for these really deep pocketed companies to, uh, to come into sports. And there've been a lot of fits and starts. There have been a lot of rumors that they're gonna do it, but Apple finally, this is a multi-year deal. They're committed to this. And it's, I'm viewing this more as a test to see whether or not sports is something that is going to really work in, in, a, in a streaming service. Yeah, and we, we both reported you know, weeks and weeks ago about Apple uh, and possibly getting Sunday ticket. And I think the real, the bigger, larger picture story is, you know, this might just be the leadoff hitter, to use a baseball analogy. And then batting cleanup is the Sunday ticket move. You know, I've also written about MLS, another one, that one's like a number eight hitter. Uh, again, all due respect to MLS, who I'm a, I'm a soccer guy, but you know Apple gets MLS. That's Andrew, not- anytime anybody says "all due respect," the, 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 what follows is never any respect. Come on, you're right? Man. Anything with a butt, you can ignore everything the butt before, it, right? <laughs> all right, you're right. Speaking of which, holy home runs from last week's podcast got a lot of reaction. That's a, that could be our a, a new go-to saying. Um, but the holy home runs of this deal of the Apple moves will be, ironically enough, the NFL because. If they get Sunday ticket, now you see a whole big Apple TV plus um, scenario where you really have some major sports programming with baseball, with football. I mean, and and those are the ones you'd want. Um, And so uh, it it, this does feel like a precursor. If you like me, you and I both have kind of said Apple, um, you know, and Amazon, but we've really kind of been on Apple in terms of uh, getting the Sunday ticket, um, at least in recent weeks. Uh, I feel like that's even stronger now. So look, Andrew, if I'm a traditional media company, you've always, this has never, it's never really happened before. They've been out there, but they haven't showed any interest. The next big rights deal that's going to come up in a couple of years is the NBA. The NBA has a history of going to alternate platforms. They were the first uh, major sports league back in the 1990s to go all in with cable. If you, if you recall when they left, uh, when they left NBC, uh, Adam Silver has talked about the cable bundle being broken. Adam Silver has talked about wanting to get younger. I can see Adam Silver looking at this deal, talking with uh, Amazon, talking with Apple, talking with even Netflix and, and saying like, hey, you know, let's, let's talk about the types of packages that, that we can uh, put on your platforms. I wanna emphasize, it is also about having programming on your uh, service. So for Apple TV, it might not just be like, well, what are the numbers? It's having stuff that people can, they happen to watch something else. They like the morning show. And then they see that the, you know, there's a baseball game on. That does help. I mean, it's not just, well, it has to do a certain amount of streams. It has to bring in this many subscribers. It is about tonnage that Apple needs that inventory that it doesn't have, you know, like the legacy to streamers like ESPN or Disney or Paramount or Peacock that, you know, they need that more tonnage that they don't have from, because they don't have the history. And why this is a good deal. Who has more tonnage than baseball, right? I mean, they they play more games than than, than anybody. And so these are, you know, if you look at Apple TV plus or any of the streamers that you mentioned, it's all on-demand programming. It's not programming that that you have to see live. A league like football, which is going to make a ton regardless, but that's a once a week game. That's a, that, that there's, you, you have to watch that live with baseball. You miss the game on, on, you know, Wednesday night, you can see it on Thursday night, or you can see it on Friday. It's like it, it's, it's always coming. And I think that's something that was really attractive to the streamers. A hundred percent. All right. We move now to NFL TV free agency. You got everyone's involved. 
they're talking about it on radio all over the country. Everyone's getting involved. Jason Gay, um, Peter King, uh, big time writers all over the place. Uh, so let's go into it. Let's talk with uh, what's the biggest story out there. Fox, they lost Troy Aikman to ESPN. Uh, Joe Buck is in sort of a, a, a Netherland right now. Like what's, what's their strategy? How are they looking at this? So if you look at it for Fox, the kingpin in this whole situation is Eric Shanks, the CEO of Fox Sports. Uh, he's going to decide if Joe Buck is allowed to leave his contract one year early or not. Uh, Buck is owed uh, nearly $11 million this year. They have the Super Bowl. Um, but there is definitely a disconnect uh, between Buck and Fox in terms of the future. Um, and can that be assuaged uh, and, and Joe stays at Fox um, another year and then figures it out? Or does he do a contract extension uh, with Fox? I don't think that's happening at the moment. There's a disconnect about the future. What does that mean? Well, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, Joe Buck has said publicly he doesn't know where he's going to be next year. Well, he's got a contract for next year with Fox. So that just shows you that what I've reported is is, is what's going on, is that Fox is deciding if it's going to let uh, Joe Buck talk to ESPN uh, and uh, who wants to pair uh, Troy Aikman with Joe Buck uh, on their number one NFL crew uh, for Monday Night Football. You and I both rate Joe Buck very highly. He's one of the best play-by-play guys out there. Why would Fox let him walk? That's a good question. I, I, I think the biggest thing is that they, Joe Buck has been there for nearly 30 years. Um, he's, it's been good for Joe Buck. It's been good for Fox. If he's unhappy, he wants to leave. Do you want an unhappy employee um, who has an opportunity to make more money to go with to go with uh, Troy Aikman, uh, who was his partner? Now Troy did choose to leave. They still could be partners if he had stayed at Fox. Do you want to kind of, for lack of a better term, do right by Joe Buck and let him go a year early? Um, but you are starting a precedent that people can get out of their contracts um, when a better situation comes across. So that would be the reasoning. The other issue, the leverage they would have also is that Joe Buck could say, look, I'm going to leave in a year. So you can have a year of this hanging over our heads. I'm going and I'm going to join Troy Aikman next year with ESPN, uh, which I think will offer him five years and uh, 60 to $75 million. Um, and so you could have that hanging over your head for a year or just let me go now and you don't have to deal with that. All right. So on the other side of the coin, uh, Fox has, we're both very high on Kevin Burkhardt as well. Fox has somebody as a number two play-by-play that we both feel can step in very easily and be the top play-by-play guy. Why would Fox keep Joe Buck? The most important word there is feel, right? I think Kevin Burkhardt can do it. Um, I think he has the personality to do it. Uh, I think in this day and age, being a good guy, uh, you kind of can win the podcast game, can win the public. That helps you out a little bit. So, and, but most importantly, he can, I think he's got the skills to be a number one play-by-play guy. This is really probably the most part about the Super Bowl, right? On Sunday afternoons during the regular season, Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart did the games the same day that Troy Aikman and Joe Buck did them. So really, that's not really a difference. Like nobody's going to notice. When you get to the playoffs, but when you really get to that Super Bowl, 100 million people watching, who do you want um, in charge of that game that you know is going to be able to do it? You know Joe Buck can do it. He's done it forever and ever, and he's done it really well. Like He's one of the best ever. That's the question. Do you want to have that kind of risk, especially with uh, potentially a, a second-year analyst in Greg Olson? Now, I, I, I would be willing to take that risk. 
um, if I were them. Um, you know, there's also that Al Michaels uh, in the back of the mind. Will they turn to Al? I think right now I'd say no. Um, I think they go Burkhart, but uh, you never know as when things shake out. But yeah, that's the reason that you say, hey, no, you know what, Joe Buck, you're under contract to Fox, not to work with Troy Aikman. And so you, you know, you can stay with us for another year. Um, and then the other thing that the other leverage they ha could have is that if Steve Levy were willing to kind of take a year, maybe they give him a little extra money and kind of just work Monday nights with Troy Aikman this year, kind of awkward, uh, but then wait for Joe Buck. That's a little bit of leverage where Fox knows he's going in a year. That said, I don't think Joe Buck's going to tank it. Like he's going to do a professional job. It's in his best interest and he's a pro. So I, so I, so I don't know if, I mean, it's a little bit of an issue, but I, I, I don't know if it's like not one that you can't, can't overcome. All right. So let's move from the Fox lot all the way across the country to Bristol, Connecticut and ESPN a couple of years ago where they were going after Tony Romo and it got too high. And if you talk to ESPN executives after, after CBS signed Tony Romo, they were like, oh, we'll never get involved in that kind of bidding war again. It was a unicorn, you know, a perfect storm. All of a sudden they're, they're giving Troy Aikman, Tony Romo money. What changed? Why are they doing that? They already have a deal with the NFL that goes into, into the 2030s. They don't need to, they don't really need to upgrade that booth. They feel as if it will help them in the advertising uh, world. Um, that's their feeling. I know I can hear TV executives from other networks being like, no way. Uh, but that's their feeling that it could, it will help them advertising. Um, if they have Troy Aikman on their number one crew, and then they have the Manning cast at 10 times a year. And then you look at it, not next year, but the following year, they're going to have 25 games. So they're going to have, um, much more tonnage on ESPN slash ABC. And so when you add up all that, they want to have uh, the top crews. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Al Michaels and Troy Aikman were, were if, the, if the Aikman thing didn't happen, that would have been Amazon's team, right? And so when you look at it that way, Amazon comes in, they get Thursday night, they're kind of the new kid on the block. And I do think it's part of it that they're blocking Amazon. I mean, I'd written that they were, that Amazon was maybe going to try to pair Peyton Manning with Al Michaels. And then um, a little bit later, then ESPN did the huge, um, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning deal. And so I'm not saying that I think that there, I think there's a competition there, you know, although they are going to allow Herb Street to, to work for Amazon, which is interesting. Um, if that, if that fully does come to fruition, look, it's all subjective, but a lot of people think Aikman and Buck are the best team. So now they have the best team. Then they also have the Manning cast. They're also going to, in theory, spend about $50 million for their broadcast booth, which is a significant amount of money. A quick aside before we get to Amazon, the unluckiest person in all of this has to be Jim Nance. His contract came up last year before all of it. Like he would be right in the mix of, of people bidding on him uh, for, for different networks. But when his contract came up, it was pretty much CBS or bus last year. Yeah, I mean, that that could have been like he could have maybe um, I know some people said to me that maybe he should have done a one year deal and try to get in the mix with this kind of upcoming. You have to have that foresight if you're Nance. Uh, and his team uh, to, to look at that, um, you know, would CBS have done that? Who knows? Um, but yeah, Nance said, you know, around $10 million a year. Uh, Buck, you know, is probably going to get somewhere between, you know, 13, 15, you know, maybe 12, but probably a little bit more if he, if he ends up at ESPN. Uh, so that those numbers are, are much higher. I mean, Nance to me is not as great on football and basketball. Golf is his number one thing. Um, so I'm not sure if he'd be in the mix. Uh, you know, they could try Amazon, you know, didn't 
doesn't seem like they have interest in in if you know Al Michaels doesn't work out in Nance. Yeah, you're right. He did miss this carousel. Uh, that's you know crazy. You know, Mike Tricos is kind of sitting there back. You know, he's going to take Al Michaels' job at uh, on Sunday Night Football. He's just kind of sitting there, and you're wondering. You also wonder. You know, uh, I don't think this would happen, but if Al doesn't happen, uh, you know, does Tarico get into that mix? Um, I think Ian Eagle is someone uh, Amazon really likes, and you know, Burkhart as well, Adam Amin, Joe Davis. I think those are the names you'd probably hear if Al somehow doesn't make it to Amazon. All right, so let's go to Amazon. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of Herb Street. I think I'm a bigger fan of Herb Street than you are. I think he's going to be a really good NFL analyst. But if you're Amazon, you wanted to get a top quality NFL booth to be taken seriously right out of the box. And as good as I think Herb Street is, he's a college guy. He's known to be a college guy. What's going on with that strategy? Was it sort of musical chairs and, and there was nothing left? So they had to get sort of, the, you know, the next best player available. First off, I don't know, you know, how big a fan. Do you have a fat head of Kirk Herbstreet in your <laughs> office? I don't I didn't say the biggest I, fan in, in the States. I just said among the I don't. Two I don't have one. I, I don't have one either. Um, he's fine. Uh, when I look at Kirk Herbstreet, I, I think he's a very good analyst. I think when you pair him with Al Michaels, that's a really good pairing. Uh, is he more of a college guy? Of course. Uh, but I think he does his homework. It is a lot to do Thursday, Saturday mornings, then Saturday's games. I do think that is a, you're taking on a lot, but you know, I don't know his, what he he'll get paid. Uh, but of course, you know, he's making about 6 million at uh, ESPN. You know, does he get a similar rate for Amazon? Maybe. I mean, he's not getting 18 to $20 million they had for Aikman. And uh, um, I don't know if actually Aikman was even going to get to 18, but around there. Um for Aikman or Sean McVay, where they would have potentially gone to 20 million per year. You know, he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Al Michaels really wanted McVay. I mean, first wanted Chris Collinsworth, then he wanted Aikman, then he wanted McVay. Um, so, you know, this isn't uh, an Al Michaels choice at that point, which is interesting to me, you know, where they've gone. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody out there um, that fits what, you know, Michaels wanted. You know, he wanted someone experienced. But if he couldn't have experience, he'll take the hot name. Like, a, you know, if Tom Brady suddenly wanted to do it, then I think that would be, you know, Al would be on board with that. Uh, McVay made a lot of sense. You'd have the greatest um, play-by-player of all time, arguably, for the NFL on TV and Al Michaels. And then Sean McVay, a super winning quarterback. Now you go with uh, Herb Street. I, look, I think the broadcast needs to be good. So I think the broadcast could be good. Um, Bowles into it and Herb Street. Um, he, he's, he knows how to do a game. So I think, I think that to me, um, is why it makes sense for Amazon. All right. We've covered this business for, for so long, a a Andrew, all these big contracts, all these huge raises, the, the money isn't coming out of ether. Somebody has to be getting hurt. And of course it's going to be sort of the lower level, mid-level, like at what level do you expect if you're an on-air person, should you be a little bit worried about what's going on with uh, these, these raids? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the interesting thing for ESPN is they go from kind of cutting salary, cutting salary, and then you're going to pay Troy Aikman, you know, 90 plus million over five years. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if the middle to lower class who are still making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if they're going to get big raises. And that will be frustrating for people. If, you know, you're giving Troy Aikman this much money, can I just get 15, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 more dollars? And they're going to be saying no. Uh, so, but that's the way it works. You know, the NFL is number one. Uh, Troy Aikman's a Hall of Famer. And, you know, like, obviously the big talk, like we talked about how this is kind of crossed over into 
you know, even more mainstream, even though sports media has always been mainstream, misnomer. Okay. You got everyone listening knows that, but it's always been mainstream, but it crosses over even more so because the money's so great and the work is they only work five months a year. Games are only once a week. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. It, it shows what you all know is these places have the money when they want to have the money. All right, Andrew, let's go to topic three. Duke UNC coach K's final game coaching in Durham, North Carolina, Cameron indoor uh, stadium. He started coaching, believe it or not, when I was in grade school, 1912, <laughs> just about. Yeah. I can't do the math that quick. This is uh, the biggest regular season college basketball game in, in a very, very long time. ESPN didn't show the pregame. They didn't have the tip off. ESPN two had the tip off. ACC network had the pregame. There were a lot of unhappy fans on Twitter. There are a lot of un unhappy fans on my text messages. The problem ESPN had is, of course, they should have kept the Texas-Kansas game going. It was an overtime game that was going to develop, turn into a conference champion. You, you, can't, you can't move off that game or move that game to ESPN2. It's in, in the weeks or, or days beforehand, they knew how big this game was. They were promoting it, and they only gave like a 20-minute cushion to me, this demanded like a 45 minute pregame and a, and, and, and a postgame. And you just sort of, you find the time for it. Four million people were watching that game on, a, a, on Saturday night. And I was just really surprised that they didn't turn this into a really big event and just, just uh, took people through from soup to nuts. And they were dependent on Kansas, a team that notoriously plays long games to, to play within a two hour window. Yeah, I mean, I think the planning probably is like months in advance. So in terms of the times of the games where it needed to be figured out that you'd have like, let's think worst case scenario, this is going to be Coach K's last game. If the preceding game goes into overtime, what are we going to do there? They did do a split screen for some of the Krzyzewski stuff on ESPN. Um, and then you have to have ACC network, but you're right. Like, look, I, 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 it was such a big deal. My phone was blowing up. I had the game, I was at dinner. The game was on uh, where I was. So I could see what was going on. Yeah. Look, that's a tough one. Um, and it becomes, it's a, you know, it's a planning thing where you really kind of, like you said, like in advance, you really need to know that we need to have extended time, uh, cause this coach K, um, ceremony is going to be so important. I don't think you can, I don't know if you can move an overtime game though. I mean, it's two, I think they're two top 20. Oh, you no chance, can you? And plus, it's not like moving an overtime game of uh, two no-name teams. Kansas is one of the most popular teams in college basketball. So I think that they needed to do a better job of alerting viewers about where to find it. Hey, go to ACC Network or go, go to ESPN2. And that, that split screen that you talked about, that made nobody happy. The Kansas viewers, they wanted the, the, the big HD screen. And, the, and the, uh, the Duke UNC viewers, they wanted to see the full screen. So that, that was sort of the worst of all worlds, in my opinion. And then Coach K has the big statement. He's admonishing the fans. Coach K is interesting. <laughs> Eno Connor, my post colleague, uh, his 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 book now in the New York Times bestseller on Coach K. Uh, tremendous read uh, if you get a chance to read that. But uh, this is going to be Coach K's uh, swan song uh, here with the NCAA tournament. And last thing on the before we move off the NCAA is I think big ratings for this tournament. You agree? Why do you say big ratings? I just think things are going up. I think you saw the Fox Sports, their uh, regular season uh, coverage has been up. Everything's been up. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement for this tournament. I'm not like, I don't look at comparisons to last year where you have no fans and all that kind of stuff going on, or even uh, two years ago, I said there's no tournament. But I do think there is a hunger for the tournament. I think people love it. And I do think we see a bounce back on the NCAA tournament ratings. Over under, I have no over under, but what do you think? 
Oh. What do you think? You think it's going? You think I'm right or wrong? Uh, I, I would say you're right. I, I think that you, the, the Blue Bloods are doing well. You have a couple of good storylines like like Coach K uh, getting in there. Uh, the key is to have some upsets in the first round, but not enough upsets to where the Blue Bloods all come back home. Because if, if you have a, a Cinderella Final Four, four Cinderella teams, it's going to be deadly. Is Maryland a Blue Blood? Uh, Maryland should be a blue blood, but they're not going to be in the tournament. So the ratings in my house, they're going to go through the floor. Andrew. What is a blue blood? What does that even mean exactly? I, I know, know like Duke, that, North Carolina. What, is it, what does that mean, blue blood? You know, we, th- this is hours of bar conversation about n- name the blue blood teams. Like okay. UCLA, they were blue blood at one point. But, but what does it even mean to be blue anymore. blood? I don't even know what that means exactly. I think it's because Kentucky. It got every, everything. Oh, okay. Involved. All right. Basketball no, is basically born in Kentucky. All right. There's probably people listening like, no. Sorry to Massachusetts. Springfield. Definition of blue blood. Yeah. I thought it's like something to be like kind of like hoity toity kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna have to wiki that. <laughs> well, Wikipedia that. Everyone listening who knows what the blue blood is like, <laughs> why do you don't know what a blue blood is? NBA and Sinclair, you had a big story, been all over this, streaming rights uh, for their local games. Uh, NBA uh, has um, a lot of uh, clauses in this, sounds like a shoots and ladder game for Sinclair that they're going to try to get through. John, take a, give us like what it means for um, viewers and, and where and, and who in terms of the streaming deal that Sinclair and NBA have struck. Sinclair signed a streaming deal with uh, the NBA back in January that helped it get about $600 million in financing. And everybody thought, okay, here, this means that they're definitely going forward with their streaming service that they've been talking about. They have the NBA on board. Well, I got, I got some inside scoop. You know, it's not really a four-year deal. It's a, a series of one-year deals. And, and like you said, there are a lot of conditions and hoops that Sinclair has to jump through in order to have the NBA say, okay, yeah, let's go through to a, to a second year. And if they miss one of these hoops, then the NBA can take those rights back. So if Sinclair is able to launch a service and have that service succeed like they think it will, everything's going to be fine. But if they launch a service and it, do, and it doesn't go well, then it's going to be a really, really interesting story to continue to report. I mean, listening to you, it strikes me as like the NBA is like, yeah, we don't think you're really good, but we'll, we'll let you do it. Just, you gotta, you better hit everything. You better do it exactly right. Uh, let me ask you this. How many NBA teams are there? 30 these days? Uh, 30 teams, uh, 16 have the uh, Sinclair D. Here in New York, the Knicks, they're not Sinclair. So MSG, what is, how does that work? We do, we can't get it streamed. I mean, we stream it through like authenticating. That's it. The uh, NBA has one year deals with all these other, uh, like with Comcast, with MSG, with, with, with a bunch of other uh, regional sports networks to allow them to stream because they really want to start streaming. They see this as a future. They want to get younger. They want it's, to, it's going right back to the Apple conversation that we had earlier. So this is something that the NBA wants. Uh, they, they structure this deal with Sinclair because they don't really trust Sinclair as much to get it done. If they do great, everybody, everything, everything works. If they don't, then uh, that, then they have some outs on it. And just to be clear, and I think I understand. So if you have Sinclair, give me a team that's a Sinclair team. I do the Cleveland Cavaliers. My wife is from Cleveland, so we'll do a Valley Sports Ohio. So you're saying in Cleveland, it's not authenticating my cable and I can stream it. This is I can have a direct service, whatever it's going to cost, um, with Sinclair, where I pay Sinclair and I can watch the Cavs games. One of the conditions that the NBA put in the contract is that Sinclair has to have this service up and running by September. So in September, if you live in Cleveland, you can cut cable and you can pay. It's almost certainly going to be over $20 a month 
in order to watch um, uh, the, the Cavs. Put me down. I'm not going to make you, you reported this. You had this whole story. Put me on. This is not working. Okay, I have, I have this as not working. I have, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big skeptic of uh, of, I have this of is not uh, working. streaming right. services. When's Chris Ropley coming on? Hedda Sinclair, uh, John's favorite. When's he coming on? Um, all right, let's move on. We come to Fanatics, your favorite. Tell us first off, just for people who might not know, tell us exactly who Fanatics, who they are, and then what you think is next for them. So Fanatics is a company that when that when we first learned about them, they basically sell merchandise from, you know, major league baseball teams and basketball teams, football teams, and it's all online ordering. And slowly they've started growing and growing to where they're now one of the biggest companies in the sports business. And they, they have their tentacles in uh, selling tickets and gambling. They, uh, they uh, bought tops. Uh, and so they're in, in the trading card business. And Michael Rubin, who is the head of Fanatics, was just on the Bill Simmons podcast. He was talking about fanatics in five years. And one of the things that he said was in five years, uh, where he's hoping that you'll be able to watch live sports within the fanatics app. And then you can go from that live sports, it, it, it'll be personalized to you. So if you're better, you can watch live sports and bet. And if you want to buy merchandise, and then you can go on and, and, and buy merchandise, same thing with tickets. But to me, that was just interesting, because it just shows that like, where everything is going. We talked about Apple, Amazon, you know, it, it's this new brave new world for, uh, for sports rights where a company like Fanatics is really going to be kicking the tires in a meaningful way on these live sports rights. And does this kind of go into what we just talked with Sinclair though? Those rights maybe um, evaporate, you know, that doesn't work out with the NBA, the shoots and ladders, they get more shoots than ladders. And, uh, here comes Michael Rubin with the, you know, going for those RSNs. Yeah, we'll see Michael Rubin. I like, I've reported this in sports business journal before where it's, uh, you know, he has been talking with leagues, with teams, with networks, with distributors to figure out what he can do to come in and quote unquote, save the RSNs. All right. Well, that will be interesting for sure. All right, let's wrap it up, John with our call of the week. Call of the week. Westwood won Chattanooga over Furman to win the SoCon tournament. What a finish. And Jason Benetti, we know him from ESPN, does the White Sox play-by-play locally in Chicago. He's obviously one of these guys uh, working every night. Uh, Westwood won doing the radio, Jason Benetti. Bothwell hunched over on the dribble for Furman with six on the drive down the lane scoops it up and good 4.3 to go Furman by two they haven't been to the NCAA tournament since 1980 Gene Baptiste racing into the front court down two for Chattanooga he heaves it and he got it oh my goodness gracious oh my from 25 feet away leaning Gene Baptiste may have just sunk the Furman Paladins 64 63 what a call and it's also why i like the radio he you know he, he didn't let the pictures tell the story because he can't he described what was going on he kept the excitement level and i just thought that was a great call yeah he nailed it um i think that a little like sean mcdonough a little mcdonough-esque in uh in his uh, voice delivery uh to me um, I think Benetti's also a Syracuse guy. So a couple of Syracuse guys, McDonough and Benetti. Uh, yeah, he, he nailed it. Like you just said, um, I love the excitement of it. And he hit all the details that you wanted to hear. So Jason Benetti, get a call of the week. Uh, first one 
uh, for March Madness. All right, John, this is great. Apple, NFL talk, Noah Garden up and down, um, Burke Magnus. I can't believe that one went with a down on Burke <laughs> Magnus. Nobody can believe that. It was in the inner circle of this stuff. We'll be back next week, maybe even more on NFL TV free agency. If you can, subscribe, uh, star, like, comment. Those are all helpful if you can. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you.